The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is right. It's Tuesday, August 29th, and today is National Chop Suey Day. It's also International Day Against Nuclear Threats, National Lemon Juice Day, because everyone knows you should start your morning off with a little bit of lemon juice. It's also National Sport Samping, Sampling Day, whatever the hell that's supposed to be, on top of According to Hoyle Day, and if you know what Hoyle is, then you know you love to play cards. But nonetheless, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast, and please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet, and we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And uh, ultimately, pretty soon, we're going to be able to be streaming on all these different platforms again, but today is not that day. But kicking it off first, we have the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite with his special glasses today. He's got his reading specs on today. Oh, yeah. That's not his diaper changing specs. That's his reading specs. That's right. Is the dope dad himself. It is Rico Lamite. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Am I supposed to wear, like, safety goggles when I'm uh, changing the diaper? Uh, I mean, I would be. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Keep my keep my gloves on deck. Yeah, watch um, out. Yes, indeed. Luckily, you know, there's not too much uh, projectile um, poop or anything like that these days. Something you don't have to worry much about, Jason. But uh, my story uh, today is uh, another one out of New York in the sports lane. Let's talk a little bit about the U.S. Open. So um, the... In the first round of the singles matches for this year's U.S. Open Tennis Tournament, they kicked off yesterday at USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center in Queens, New York. Day one highlights included victories of at Arthur Ashe Stadium by second-ranked Serbian superstar Novak Djokovic in the men's section over front over France in uh, their star uh, Alexander Muller, and then also sixth-ranked women's bracket phenom American Coco Gauff making her open debut with a victory over Germany's Lara Sigmund. There was a little bit of a low light, though. Greece's eighth-ranked Maria Sakari made an offhanded complaint about the smell of weed 
after being upset by Spain's Rebecca Masarosa, uh, Masarova in straight sets on court 17. Despite Sakari um, notably struggling for an extended period of time leading into the Open, her comments made in the heat of the moment seemed to blame her poor performance on a little Queen's funk in the air that no one else seemed to really take issue with. In the post-match pressure uh, presser, she attempted to walk back her words, but the damage was already done. We run that tape. He says, one second, he'll be right with you. He's cueing it for you. He says to continue for a second and the tape will magically appear. Okay. Um, I mean, so Sakari, uh, I really want uh, want this this part in there, but um, Sakari's comments made it the second year in a row that a U.S. Open athlete complained of weed smoke affecting their play in the tournament. Uh, last September, Australian Nick uh, Kyrgios, uh, Kyrgios complained mid-match to an umpire about the, quote, effing marijuana smoke being blown in the stands. So he ended up winning his round, uh, and, but he, was, he ended up winning that round, but he was bounced soon after in the quarterfinal. Uh, Kyrgios also was plagued by poor play and tabloid controversies. Because I will return it. Open air. Oh, oh, oh. You got you got the video ready, Adam? And I would look at the clock and I I don't know. I do agree with them that that's I should it. have put more pressure on the hurt. referee a little that's bit that's earlier. That's not it, Adam. Where do you where do you want this cute there this one? It's the YouTube it's the YouTube link that I sent. It's in uh yeah, it's in uh Discord, the YouTube link. Yeah, he says just to continue. Continue. My bad. Sorry, Rico. <laughs> Killing me, killing me right now. Sorry, bro. Sorry, we're we're right. blaming it on Adam. It's it, he he's just getting back. He's still jet lagged and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It was in Discord. It said this is for the video. Yeah. Yeah. So you you've had it. All right. So Kyrgios was uh was he was plagued by poor play and tabloid controversies leading up to his 2022 open air appearance in Queens. Uh, so perhaps we're seeing a trend beginning to form here. Uh, the U.S. Open. Uh, is the fourth and final Grand Slam tournament of the year and one of the oldest tennis championships in the world. Yeah, um, when you was uh, the best. Up, you told the, the umpire got it? about this. That's it. Is that it? Yep. All right, go for That's it. That's the one. Run it. Run this, Adam. Taking way too much time. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I'm pl- watching an hourglass right now. I know, right? Yeah. Dude, do we ever practice this shit before this? Yeah, this is, this is. All right, here we go. All right, so the best in the game travel near and far to battle for a cut of the $65 million pot of prize money. What was that about in terms of the park? What, was there a smell out there that was bothering It was some weed out there? And from that moment on with how big she was hitting, you just felt that you you had control in that moment. What happened for you after that moment? It wasn't the smell that affected the score in any way. I just, it was just a comment because it was f- smelling quite a lot. It has nothing to do with the match. With how she served that well, did you feel like she was like at the top 15 level and just play out of her mind in your, in your perspective? Um, well, if, I believe if, you, if I don't put pressure from my side, then it's expected, you know, that uh, the opponents are going to play well because um, they're very good players, and she's a very good player. She's a big girl. She serves well. 
uh, yeah, she's, I mean, everyone plays well now, nowadays. You were still hitting the ball big at the very least, especially on serving the forehand. You just felt like she's playing well, and just you still feel that confident going into the fall with how you're still hitting with depth in the court. I wouldn't say that I was playing well. If I if I played at least, you know, uh, I would say five ten percent better, I would have won that match. And these are the matches that I have to win. Like I cannot lose these matches. They've been. You know, too many for my level this year, and yeah, it's unfortunate. Are you surprised? Obviously, the Grand Slams didn't go very well for you this year. Did you think you could turn it around here, or was the confidence maybe gone by now? I thought that I would, but I was wrong. Um, so yeah, I just I have not much to say. I'm sorry. It, um was that the first time you ever noticed that smell before? Nick Kyrgios complained last year about <coughs> how much it was bothering him, the weed. On, the, on that court? I don't remember what, it was the same court, but it was... Well, yeah. I think it was, yeah. I, I don't know, it was smelling yesterday when I was practicing there. It was... It's irrelevant. It's, it, sometimes it smells food, sometimes it smells cigarettes, sometimes it smells weed. I mean, it's something that we cannot control because we're in an open space. There is a park behind. People can do whatever they want. And, yeah, it's... It's... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's... Nothing that we can control. Obviously, the noise is something you're used to. Cut it. Is, All right, cut it. Cut it, Adam. This is different than noise. Reiterated. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me finish. Can I finish? Can I wrap it? I can't All right, wait let me to finish. hear how you bring this all Let me yeah, finish. Here we go. Let me finish my shit. Y'all y'all messed up. You messed up the playback. I let me finish my shit. So the, the connection I'm making here is both uh, um, uh, both Sakara this year and Nick Curios last year were complaining about weed smoke in an open air tournament that nobody else had had an issue with, right? So Kyrgios was plagued by his poor play leading up to the tournament and ended up being bounced the next round. Uh, the U.S. Open being the fourth and final uh, Grand Slam tournament of the year and the oldest tennis championship in the world. Uh, the best in the game travel far and wide uh, to come get a piece of that $65 million pot. So it's no surprise an enormous amount of pressure applied, again, to show cracks and even the most chill competitors. Uh, but on athletic stages as big as the US Open, the difference between winners and losers usually amounts to preparation, luck, and the ability to tune out distractions like weed smoke. In my opinion, Curios last year and Sakara this year, um, their ability, their inability to focus had nothing to do with weed in the air and had everything to do with their lack of preparation. Uh, Serena Williams and Venus Williams grew up in Compton and had to learn in Compton before their father uh, moved them to Delray Beach to escape the crime, to get away from that. And they still had to deal with a lot of outside pressure to continue to win, win, win. Djokovic, win, win, win. It's not about weed in the air. It's all about your lack of preparation, your lack of focus on the biggest stage in the world. So um, that's my take on the story today. I know there's going to be all over the headlines, and, and they're talking. They're going to be talking about, oh, yeah, New York, the weed smoke is everywhere. How can we, yeah, we remedy this? But they choose to play outside in the middle of a city where there's going to be all different kinds of smoke, cigarette smoke, there's going to be kind of food and all different kinds of distraction. If you're, a, if you are a champion, you don't make excuses, you win. Enrico Lamite, dope is out on the street. Now you can go. How come I just, I just so wonder this, how come she's not complaining about the smog or the smell of piss and shit in the streets, but yet she's going to complain about the smell of weed well, you've and never been, I guess, to this place, Jason. It's a very nice facility where they play the U.S. Open. It's not like it's in downtown Manhattan where it's a little rougher smelling. 
It's a, lovely, Look, this, it's a lovely venue. This is this is this is the what thing. does rough smell like? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason's bedroom, probably. I bet. Oh yeah, there'd be rough things going on in there, girl. Oh, she wasn't really complaining though, was she? She's no, complaining. So I don't know what this. Whole she, thing this is she, about. She's a hundred percent complaining. Yeah, if, this if is you, a total no, cop out. If, 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 so the the reason why they were asking about that was after she, right after she lost, she was complaining on the sideline. Uh, to somebody asking her what happened, and she was like, "Smell like marijuana. It's weed." Somebody needs a bong <laughs> hit, maybe. That's well, what it is. Yes. Back. Uh, I agree with you, Rico. Champions don't make excuses, baby. Champions don't make excuses. They make you it follow. Uh, make it Michael, happen. They don't make excuses. Yeah. You should follow Michael Phelps' lead, and uh, you know, maybe smoke some weed before she. Yeah, Shikari Richardson for show. I mean, no go. offense to her play, but how? Who was picking her to win the tournament? Anybody? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I definitely wasn't. But I'll, I'll tell you what. I her think, coach. I think that that this is this is a good play for any cannabis brand, and I want to see her face on a bag, and I want to mm -hmm. see the strain name to be called Sore Losers. Yeah, she was number eight. She was ranked. She was ranked number eight in the world, and she's the highest ranked uh, Greek ever to play. Okay, so how many, many high-ranking Greeks have you seen playing tennis recently? And the same with Nick Kyrgios. He is a well-known crybaby. So I don't want to hear Yo, shit. Yeah. Out of, yeah, he's yeah. a wuss. He's a punk. I mean, Maybe they on. call the strain but, weak He plays end. in ones. He plays in Jordans. You got to respect that. Oh, okay, oh that God. Yeah, because fun. whatever shoes you wear makes a difference. That'll be the shoes. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm just that's saying. It. That's it. I would I would be more entertained by this story if it was some a uh, real champion or uh, you know you saying not a loser. Someone else. I'm not. I'm saying a she higher said not ranked a loser. actual contender complaining that it messed up. She's number eight game. in the world. She's not ranked number eight in the world. It's not number one. It's not even top five. Yeah, she, she seven or better. Yeah, she's she a loser. She was gonna win this. <laughs> she's a loser. She is a big fat loser. I'm not calling her a loser. I I'm am just saying who, who, how many majors has she won? It's not this one, not the last one, because I've never heard of her name before till today. I've I've heard of the woman. I know who she is, but still, mm -hmm. you must. Have you watch a lot of tennis. She's my number one pick to win. No, I, Jason, I am a well-informed person. <laughs> I've taken lots of various publications and broadcasts, and I know lots of things. You'd be surprised at how much right. sports knowledge is up here in this pretty little girl head because we don't care about sports because we're women, blah, blah, blah. Suck a dick. Are you a country, are you a country <laughs> club sport aficionado? Is that, is that what you're saying? You're, you're a country club sport expert? No, you want to ask me about football? I can tell you a lot fucking more about football than tennis, but no, I'm okay. a Pittsburgh girl. Okay. I've never played a lot of tennis in my day. No, I was not raised on tennis. No. I think that uh, it was more offensive that she called her opponent a big girl. I know. <laughs> was that she bitched <laughs> about the weed. Oh, that's funny. Right? That's funny. <laughs> Right. That 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 is pretty good. Maybe, she's a big girl. She hits the ball really hard. Listening to a little bit of you know the you know the. I hope she meant tall. She didn't. That's not <laughs> what she meant at all. She's she's she was listening to the wobble, you know. Afterwards, <laughs> right? A big girl. Yeah. Back it up. Back it up. She meant, That's right. She meant that she's built like Lizzo. Yeah. Is what she meant. <laughs> yeah. But on that, we're going to keep it rolling. We're going to roll right into a commercial, and we're going to be right back. 
How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. He doesn't put his full yeah, dedication and talent into the sport, we'll just say. Mm-hmm. He'd rather be a rock star than an athlete. Oh boy! You know, sometimes the distractions can become uh, your um, your comeuppance, I guess. But um, I mean, up next, decent back, case in point. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> she just he's she the just loves the operating retailer in the game, known for smoking the best weed in the world. He's also West Hollywood's president of cannabis tourism, and here to bless us with his unadulterated right wing. Truthiness. That's we right. Jason back. Only spit truthisms, Rico. You know that. And so, uh, just uh, I'm going with my second story first because I feel like this is much more important of a story. Because California's pot industry has another big problem on its hands. That's right. It looks like it's time to add in qu- in quotation marks. Get ready, guys. Fake unions to the long list of problems facing California's multi-billion-dollar legal pot industry. Some of the biggest legal cannabis companies in California appear to be violating state law by working with organizations that claim to be labor groups but are accused of not actually attempting to fight for workers' rights. California law requires any pot company with more than 20 employees to sign a labor peace agreement with a bona fide labor union. The law is intended to provide workers with easier access to labor organizations that can petition the company for better wages and working conditions. However, at least three of the biggest pot companies in the state have been caught working with, in quotes, a fake union called Professional Technical Union Local Number 33, or or ProTech, according to MJ Biz Daily. Last month, the California Agricultural Labor Relations Board determined that ProTech was not a bona fide labor organization because they made no discernible effort to organize or represent any employees in the cannabis industry and even failed to have a physical presence in California. The, the board ultimately determined that ProTech and the companies it, co- it contracted with had entered into a sham relationship in order to skirt the law. The list of companies working with ProTech includes Novice, one of the biggest distribution companies in the state, Herbal, I don't even think they're in operation anymore, a major distributor that recently went out of business, and Glasshouse Brands, one of the biggest pot-performing companies in the state, according to MJ Biz Daily. The complaint against ProTech was filed in the International Brotherhood of the Teamsters, a union that represents more than a million workers in North America. Peter Finn, a vice president of the Teamsters, told SFGate in a phone interview that these sham unions hurt the rights of California cannabis industry workers. In a quote, he say. This is not just about a labor peace agreement. This is about a worker's ability to form a union to improve their wages, benefits, and working conditions, Finn said. These fake unions and employers that engage with them are undermining the law and the will of the people. Last month, the Teamsters filed a second complaint alleging that the union, union called the National Agricultural Workers Union was also not a bona fide labor organization, according to the Teamsters. The National Agricultural Workers Union has agreements with Caliva, a cannabis company owned by the parent company since 2021, an SEC filing shows. Rapper Jay-Z is an investor in the parent company, and Anthony P. Rimadano, an attorney representing the National Agricultural Workers Union, said the Teamsters' allegations 
allegations were faulty untrue, or excuse me, flatly untrue, and described the group as a, in quote, startup union with no paid staff that has slowly been working to organize workers. In another quote, a lot of what's happened with this organization became stalled during COVID because there were limited opportunities to organize and do face-to-face activity, Romanato said in a press interview with SFGate. But companies have 180 days to enter into a new labor pace agreement if they are found to be working with an entity that is not a Bonafide labor organization. Department of Cannabis Control spokesperson David Hafner told the SF Gate. So far, most of the impacted companies are staying silent. Nobis declined to comment when reached by SF Gate, and both Kaliva and the parent company did not return quest- requests for comment as well. A spokesperson for Glasshouse Brands said in an email statement that S- to SF Gate that the company is working to find a replacement union to sign an agreement with. We are in the process of complying with this change of status and expect to make the adjustment within the time frame requested by the state, the statement said. Labor peace agreements are contracts between a company and a labor organization where the union agrees not to picket or boycott the business and the business agrees not to disrupt efforts by the union to organize workers and petition for better working conditions and pay. While they're not specific to the cannabis industry, pot companies increasingly need to strike deals as more states with legal weed mandate them thanks to heavy labor union lobbying. Beginning in July 2024, the requirement for a labor peace agreement will apply to to all companies with 10 or more employees down from 20. And Hafner said in an email to SF Gate that the California cannabis regulator does not actively investigate unions that enter new labor peace agreements with, with pot companies, instead relying on a complaint-driven system. So they're basically relying on snitches. DCC is actively working on efforts to increase transparency into licenses, labor peace agreements, so that we can strengthen labor organizations and workers' ability to file effective complaints, Hefner said. California has the largest number of legal industry workers in America, according to a 2022 report, with more than 83,000 people employed by the cannabis industry in 2021. There are likely other cannabis companies that have signed agreements with ProTech, an attorney for the organization told the state's labor uh, relations board that they had entered into 64 labor agreements with can- with businesses in California's cannabis industry. So there's more to come with this story, I see. But nonetheless, this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News Hour. What do y'all think about this and how shady are these unions? All right. Well, it's not a union. We did this. We did this story last month, and I think you just redid it just for kicks to I didn't. keep hammering. This is a brand new, brand like new story. Unions. Brand new story. It, well, it's the update. same goddamn story from MJ. Story. It's a brand. It's an updated story, Gretchen. It's an All updated right, fine. story. Updated story. Labor unions are still necessary, and anyone who says that they are horrible and bad for the country and are ruining this, you know, democracy, are idiots. Well, That's they are. Stance. It is, this is a, a nice little update. They actually named the, the companies that are working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Jason, it's not a dirty union. It wasn't a union at all, apparently. It was a fake and, union. Um, yeah. So, it was a fakey. I mean, these right. companies got to do better. Like, they got to do their due diligence I just, on what it, knowing what a union is and uh, knowing how to check these guys out before just signing on. Like, oh, we're unionized. I just don't see how any of these big companies would be able, with all of the different compliance directors and all the different people that have, have significant titles, how this is overlooked or overpassed or over over whatever they want to call it as. 
All right, overlooked. I'm sorry, but one of under, the biggest problems I think yeah. in this industry is people who decide we're starting a company. I'm giving myself a title. I'm a CEO. I'm a chief compliance officer. People with zero experience. And then they look at people with experience and know you're the fucking devil. You're from D.C., down with Big Brother, blah, blah, blah. People who actually have professional experience and could have say, Jag Offs, it's not a labor union. But no, we mm -hmm. we can grow weed, and so we know fucking everything. Drives me nuts about this industry. That makes me a CEO. I, I, mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, Gretchen, on that. I think, Gretchen, I don't think that's a CEO type thing. I think that's like HR department. I, I mean... It, it, and how many companies do you know in this industry, Saman, have HR departments? A lot of them do. Okay. Most, a lot of them do. Yeah, most of them do. Bullshit. Yeah, they do. Every single name Every a single company. I would like you to name an, a company that is not an MSO that has an HR department. Glasshouse has a has a has a HR department. The parent company has an HR department. Caliva has an HR department. Catalyst has an HR department. Anybody with employees, anybody with exactly, even e even my right. store, even my store has an Fine. HR department. I will department. take back that statement because okay. I am a good person, like and I recognize like when I may make statements that might be a little bold. Jason's Jason right, does not have that and talent. Gretchen is wrong. Uh, my point is, this industry is so <laughs> when it comes to structure and general business practices. And they refuse to think that they might not know how to do something. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just like every other industry. When you have a labor peace agreement, that's a rule for your industry. It's not like you're spending time actually deliberating. They're like, hey, we have to do this. Okay, get it done. Companies like whatever this company that we're talking about. should look into it. I mean, who's going to look into that? Nobody is going to spend a lot of time on that. Nobody is going to look into see if they're giving money to a reputable organization. No one wants to spend time on that. Precisely. That is exactly what I'm saying. No well, one's going to. Hence the reason that happen. they're not very experienced if they have no interest in due diligence. Man, I should have started up one of these fake unions. It happens all the time in government. Yeah, you have people that are special envoys of whatever country or whatever diplomat coming in there, wheeling and dealing on the basis predicated that they're like attached to this envoy or whatever. And they're doing. Can you just this. take their word for it? Look, Apparently. It happens. It happens. You got a nice suit on. Yeah, they had a nice suit. Jesus. They had a big, you know, the big the big knot, you know what I mean? Not the baby knot, the, the big, big knot. knot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what do you what do you look for? You you got to look for like, you know, like a like a cheaper uh, cheaper suit if you want to be represented by a um, a reputable union, right, Jason? Well, You're not going to have well, like a top of the line anything. Well, my, no my question I I would bounce that over to Gretchen. Gretchen, what can these cannabis companies do to make sure that they're actually partnering with a reliable union what are the telltale signs of, of, a, of a true union very opposed to a fake union i would look into sure their backgrounds how long have they been established who is running it where is the money going i would ask a lot of fucking questions mm -hmm. would you I ask these on a phone call or by email certification is there a directory I would talk to your local governments i would talk to folks these guys got to be certified in the state somewhere I mean, there are ways to look into this. Call up the Bureau of Labor. I'm sure California's got one of those. What about the Who Better Business Bureau? Labor, huh? What about no, the Better Business Bureau? Business. No, I would call up a labor. They uh, they, they are a business because they create they they generate revenue. 
they're not I, a business. It's not the, the same. Thing, the other thing to realize is like it's cannabis, right? This isn't farm labor union. This isn't like it is in, exactly a farm labor union. Well, you guys are farmers. You're cultivators. Wait, you're growers. What do you want to call it? You absolutely could apply to a farmers well, labor's union. Gretchen, hold on. What That's about what we keep just, trying to say? We're just a plant. Gretchen, hold on. what about for the companies that aren't growing at an ag scale? Other states that aren't. Well, then there are you know, there are plenty of other unions to talk to. Talk to UFCW. Yeah, there's the Baby Farmers Union. There are various different unions. And I'm if just... you need help determining what is what, there are wonderful consultants out there you could actually hire. There are? This. Really? Yes, Panoptic Strategies, people. Yeah, Panoptic Strategies hey. will help you out with this. They, 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 will, very, vet, they will vet your labor union. Price. They'll tell you if they're it's real or fake. That hard. I just think that everyone's trying to obviously look at a cannabis and take it. Twenty minutes. There's there's <laughs> this unions that don't have certifications that are doing this because there's a need. Everyone's trying to fill a gap. I mean, you can't get mad at either side for accepting uh, a, a non-legitimate. I can absolutely you know, get mad at the guys who are going around and saying they are a legitimate labor well, union. Well, hold on, a, I, I, I have another question. I just can't get mad at the companies for hiring those people or getting. No, I'm not getting mad at the. Oh, I'm getting. I'm getting slightly mad at the companies because they didn't do their due diligence to figure out what was going on. As as good old uh you know Uncle Dale will say, stupidity is not a defense. Where's the onerous? Where's the onerous though on, on the state? On the state because they accepted these when they've uploaded them into their portal and da 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 da. What I'm saying is, did the state approve these things and say yes, this is a union, and then decided no, it's not? No, the state. The state just basically, when you upload all your documents, then whenever they review your application, then they go through everything. So how they how they catch these, how did they catch these guys? I don't understand out. what you're suggesting. The article did not uh, mention how how this was all discovered. The article did not mention the that. The Teamsters at all. they filed a complaint. I read the article, filed a complaint with the state, and said these jagoffs aren't real. There you go. Because the Teamsters the don't want the competition. Mad. They want they want to get your money. And Jimmy so Hoffa. I guarantee you, the Teamsters are out there looking to see who are these unions that are popping up. Now they're trying to unionize here in uh, Las Vegas. It's a big movement for that because of the restaurants. Well, you guys are a big union city anyway. I mean, all the hotels, everyone's all union-based. Union yeah, yeah big exactly. You can't even throw a convention without hiring uh, overpriced labor. No. Yeah, it's $2,700 to yeah, carry that box. Overpriced labor, way overpriced labor, 100%. Yeah. They should be getting uh, like 10 bucks an hour. I anti-union uh, people are against paying fair wages. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not. I'm not against paying fair wages. Don't get it twisted, okay? But I'm telling you right now, twenty-seven dollars an hour is not a fair wage for someone carrying a box from A to B. Okay, that's ridiculous. How much do you think those people should be paid to be able to support yeah. their families, Jason Beck? What would you mm -hmm. pay them? What would I Especially pay them? Well, first of all, well, hold on. First of all, first of all, I would do a massive overhaul, and I would only keep positions that actually actually needed. Okay, and then those people can get paid what they're paying, but there's no need. They probably only need probably about a fifth of the employees that they have in order to actually do the real I, work. I hate when the screen on me is so small because you can't see me rolling my eyes at all. The oh, I can see you rolling, rolling now. your eyes. I can see it. I mean, you can feel it, bro. I can, I can definitely feel it. Anti-union have never felt the love and the support of a union, which I have. The union put food on my table, gave me health care growing up. It gave my mother a job. I mean, F you people who think that unions are the devil. They supported her and they gave her a living wage to raise three 
three kids all on her own. The union That's never you. gave her a wage. Her job gave oh, her a wage. Shit. Her job gave her a wage. That wage a living wage. Okay. Her job. Her job gave her that wage, not the unions. Right. Just saying. You're an idiot. Next. I know. An EXT. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up next, that's right. She's a feisty, redheaded conservative, founder and creator of Panoptic Strategies. For all of you that need your unions unionized, make sure you reach out to Panoptic Strategies to make sure that they're a real union. That's right. It is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. True story. When I was interviewing with my boss to work on Capitol Hill, uh, a Republican, and we're going through the interview, and he's listening to my viewpoints and things. He's like, you're a closet unionist. I'm like, I ain't no closet unionist. I'm a unionist. And we dealt with it. Did you get the job? Me. Yes, I did. Oh, good job, Gretchen. Because unions are not the devil. They are. My headline is coming from Marijuana Moment. Uh, DeSantis doubles down on opposition to marijuana legalization, claiming Colorado's illicit market is bigger and more lucrative after reform. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a 2024 Republican presidential candidate, has reaffirmed that he would not legalize marijuana if elected to the White House, arguing contrary to evidence that the reform has actually increased the size of the illicit market in Colorado. During a campaign event in Iowa on Saturday, an attendee told DeSantis that she knows people whose children developed cannabis-induced psychosis and asked about whether he would move to legalize or reschedule cannabis under federal law if he became president. In response, the GOP contender made clear that he would not legalize, echoing anti-marijuana arguments he previously made in June. I think what's happened in this stuff is very potent now. I think when young people get it, I think it's a real, real problem, and I think it's a lot different than stuff that people were using 30, 40 years ago. I think when kids get on that, I think it causes a lot of problems, and then, of course, you know, they can throw fentanyl in any of this stuff now. The candidate then pivoted to a broader discussion about the harms of substance misuse, stating that there's an open-air market for illicit drugs in San Francisco and that society has totally decayed under policies that really help the folks use drugs. DeSantis did acknowledge that Floridians have access to medical cannabis under a constitutional amendment that voters approved, saying that we abide by that. But nothing that states have handled cannabis differently, and he would not take action now to make it even more available. Florida voters may have the choice to expand access regardless of the governor's position, as the state Supreme Court is currently considering whether a marijuana legalization initiative will appear on the state's 2024 ballot. I would not do that, DeSantis said on Saturday. And the places that legalized it, like Colorado and California, you know, the argument was, honestly, it wasn't a crazy argument. Look, we know people are going to use marijuana. It is a drug. If you legalize it, then you can tax it, regulate it, and it's going to end up being safer for people. But what's happened in Colorado, the black market for marijuana is bigger and more lucrative than it was before legalization. So the legalization, I don't think, has worked. DeSantis didn't provide data or cite any sourcing to support the argument, but private and government analysis have suggested that Colorado has, in fact, significantly reduced the influence of the illicit market in the decades since enacting legalization. One report from Leafly and Whitney Economics that was released last year found that 99% of adult-use cannabis sales in Colorado take place within the regulated industry, indicating that legalization effectively transitioned people away from the illicit market. 
Also in July, the city of Denver published a report that showed local law enforcement processed a record low amount of illegal marijuana in 2022, which the government touted as evidence that legalization has largely achieved the goal of mitigating illicit sales. DeSantis's opposition to cannabis legalization, despite recent surveys showing increasing bipartisan support for the reform, is not new. But it's part of the official's scattered record on the issue that comes as he fights to maintain his second-place status in the race for the Republican presidential nomination. It goes on to talk about his bullshit uh, status and how he has looked at weed over the past couple years as governor, because we all know Jason Beck loves his uh, stance on uh, cannabis. But... If this jackass looks like he is becoming a front runner, I will not be voting for him because he does not support cannabis. I will be looking for a candidate that does support cannabis, even if I have to go to a third party to get it done. This is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. Gretchen, those are big words right there. I like I like I like what that, that shit you big kicked words. him right there. Huh? He's a douche. He's a douche and He's everything an every time he comes in and does some kind of presser, he becomes more of a douche with what he says. He really has no clue. I can't believe he's a serious candidate for anything. He's not a serious like, candidate. He's not a the serious governor candidate. of Florida. He's, 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 a, he's the least genuine person on the stage. Oh, whenever the worst. he's on any stage. Just look at that face. You just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. I just want to know that. where all of these cannabis growers <laughs> are getting all this fentanyl that, that they're adding to cannabis that these guys are talking about. I don't understand what where this idea came from. The, uh, cannabis is now being laced with fentanyl. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Gretchen. That, that that is the biggest misnomer floating around in cannabis is that you can lace it with fentanyl. That's just totally ridiculous. And anyone that buys into that, I have oceanfront property for sale in Arizona. Yeah, any any presidential candidate that claims shit like that like should be automatically disqualified. Mm -hmm. he's disqualified. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. I, I, I'm with it. I'm with it. But at the same time, DeSantis is not going to win the presidential nomination. He's not going to win at all. Best is governor. Pretend, pretend that your boy, Trumpy, is uh, sitting in jail somewhere and decides, all right, I'm not going to run. Uh, who would you then say, if DeSantis ain't going to be it, who's the Republican nominee? Vivek. Oh, dear God. Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> I've, said that, I've said that plenty of times. Vivek. Yep, Vivek. What's he going to do now that uh, Eminem sent him a cease and desist? Well, here's, uh, here's the whole thing. Here's the whole thing with that, because I've, I've actually have wondered about this, because the reality is that you purchased the song, so therefore you have the rights to play the song and do whatever you want to do with it if you want to sing it. in a public forum. You do. Hold on. You do. No, no. Yes, yes, you do have the right. You do. You Hold on. Well, no, no, you're wrong. You do have the right to play it in a public forum if you want to. You don't have the right to charge for tickets for that performance is what you don't have the right to. It is, it's for the no, he performed this at the Iowa State Fair, bro. People it. aren't paying tickets to go watch him speak at the Iowa State Fair. Stop the ridiculousness. You're paying to get Why into the every single year are there Fair's multiple lawsuits being filed against Donald Trump for using uh, for using people's songs in his rallies, telling them to turn that off? It's, it's being used against them, and they don't want their music. I'm just going to say, well, if is, you're if you're a musician and you sell your music, you can't be mad at who buys it. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, it's you stupid. can. And it's stupid That's if you are. All right. Once again, Jason Beck making bold statements. He has no. It's, it's just reality. It's just reality. It's Dale called common we sense. We need, we need Uncle Dale to put Jason in his place on this one. Don't worry. Dale will be here tomorrow. Him. There we go. There's <laughs> Vivek and Eminem. Look. Sitting in his Barca lounger in the corner for every every episode. Look, they both, they, both hold, they both hold the mic the same. 
Oh, you know, on that, let's go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 rpms it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date the control tower from highly educated oh yeah stop whatever you're doing make sure you hit that like button make sure you hit the subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already also make sure you head over to our website www.hyatt9news.com sign up for our newsletter check it out you will get a confirmation email in your inbox and you must hit confirm and then you will be subscribed keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state local and federal governments is key to success when the future of your business is at stake you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Up next, we got a 30-year media producer, director, and editor who did 13 years as a C-suite cannabis executive. Now this golden-voiced Vegas entrepreneur and dope granddad. And he's also the uh, co-founder of the Smuggleverse and president and founder of Digipath Labs is blessing us with bars, straight bars out of these Las Vegas streets. Up next, you know who it is, Todd Dinkin. And the crowd goes wild. Thank you, Rico. I had to ask for my crowd. That's all good. Um, my story today is uh, from the Daily Mail, and Jason definitely want to get your opinion because um, the Daily Mail says that recreational weed industry uh, verges on collapse. It's due to steep taxes, plunging prices, and a glut of competition and a thriving illicit pot market. Across the U.S., the legalized marijuana industry is buckling under the strain of plunging prices, patchwork state regulation, and burdensome taxes, analysts and industry groups say. O. Whitney, senior economist for the National Cannabis Industry Association, told the Daily Mail this week, all of these issues are chipping away at the health of the industry to the point where I would describe the industry as in crisis in the United States. This is unst unsustainable form of economic perspective. Currently, the recreational use of cannabis is legal in 23 states, and last year, state-regulated medical and recreational pot sales topped $26 billion nationwide, according to Vangst, a cannabis jobs platform. But even while sales soar, dispensaries say eking out a profit is growing harder as the glut of weed production pushes prices lower, a boon for blissed-out pot consumers but, but a bane for growers and retailers. In California, dispensary chain MedMen, once dubbed the Apple Store of Weed, teeters on the brink of financial ruin. While in New Jersey, a trade group warns the industry's stagnating in a doom loop due to licensing delays. The National Cannabis Industry Association warned in a report this month, and I quote, sadly, the legal cannabis markets demanded by countless Americans were on the verge of collapse. 
If common sense, practical reforms are not enacted urgently. Because the marijuana industry is regulated independently in each state where it is legal, the specific issues the industry faces vary from state to state. The industry fractured nature may be part of the problem, says Whitney, because an excess supply of officially trapped within the state it's grown due to a federal ban on interstate sales of marijuana. On the West Coast in particular, that has meant a glut of o- oversupply that has sent prices plunging. When legal sales began in Oregon, a pound of cannabis might have gone for $3,000 wholesale, while now it might cost 100 to $150, as Isaac Foster, co-founder of wholesale distributor Portland Cannabis Market. In Washington which has some of the highest cannabis taxes in the country, the prices consumers pay in legal dispensaries can be even cheaper than illicit weed through the huge quantity of excess pot being grown in the state. Nationwide, just 24% of companies in the cannabis industry are profitable, down sharply from 42% last year, according to a survey conducted by Whitney's consulting firm, Whitney Economics. Whitney told the Daily Mail that in addition to pricing pressures, Cannabis businesses are struggling under tax burdens because federal law prohibits them from deducting business expenses from income taxes like normal businesses would. As a result, he said, companies in the pot trade are often paying an effective federal tax rate of up to 70% on top of the state and local excise taxes levied on sales. In Michigan, monthly cannabis sales set a new record of $276 million in July, but retailers say they are struggling to turn a profit as the state issues new licenses for growers and retailers each month, according to Bridge, Michigan. Michigan currently has 2,080 active licenses for recreational use. More than half of them belong to Class C growers or retailers who can possess up to 1,500 plants. Last month, the state received 97 applications for recreational use and issued 87. Michigan also levies steep taxes on weed, and retailers face a 10% excise tax in addition to a 6% sales tax. Meanwhile, in Massachusetts, dispensary owners say low prices and a flood of competition threaten to put them out of business. Toby Evans, who opened Pure Oasis Dispensary in Dorchester in 2020 and a second location in Boston this summer, told the Boston Globe this week that he fears for the viability of his business. It's actually very, very scary, Evans said. When everyone was speculating about the industry back in 2016, 17, and 18, we all had these high hopes and these grand expectations. But he added that now the reality is setting in that there isn't a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. In many states that have legalized weed, lawmakers have prioritized cannabis licenses for applicants who were impacted by the war on drugs, such as through former marijuana-related conviction. Whitney warned in a recent economic report that this goal, while admirable, could be balanced with forecasting to determine how many licenses a state market can reasonably bear. He said unlimited licenses ensure opportunities for smaller and social equity applicants, yet this approach leads to a propensity for oversaturation of supply, resulting in lower prices, greater margin, margins, and economic stress for operators across the supply chain. In New Jersey, dispensaries blame red tape and licensing delays for cannabis doom loop. At the other end of the spectrum, cannabis companies in some states say they are being stifled by regulators who refuse to issue enough licenses to let the legal industry flourish. On Tuesday, the New Jersey uh, Cannabis Trade Association issued a report blaming state regulators for the industry's slow growth in the state. The trade group, which represents the majority of cultivators and dispensaries in the Garden State, said that the industry in a 
doom loop due to licensing delays and lack of enforcement against illicit products. The root cause of the weaknesses in New Jersey's cannabis industry is straightforward. Cannabis regulatory commission's anemic pace of licensing operators has suffocated the legal market, the group's report said. They're advocating, uh, starting with the removal of bureaucracy. Uh, Johnson, the group's executive director, told the Philadelphia Inquirer and added, we are making it difficult right at the point of entry for no apparent reason. New Jersey currently has 37 operating recreational cannabis dispensaries and 13 that sell only medical marijuana. Legal recreational sales in the state began with 12 adult-use retailers in April of 2022. He noted that the state regulators don't allow the legal industry to, uh, to meet demand, illicit markets for pot thrive, raising concerns about safety and quality standards, as well as tax revenue lost for the state. New York City delays in rolling out licenses have resulted in a free-for-all of bootleg retailers operating with impunity. New York set aside its first dispensary licenses for people who had hot convictions or relatives who did, complexities that slowed the rollout after legalization of recreational use in March of 21. Since then, just 15 approved retailers have opened in in a state of nearly 20 million people. Also, the number of corner bodegas and illicit dispensaries selling weed in New York is estimated to top over 1,000. While there may have been some attempts at enforcement, authorities are reluctant to, to be seen as recriminalizing pot. Meanwhile, some in the industry are holding out faint hopes that President Joe Biden's administration will clear the way for marijuana trade among states that have legalized the drug. That would allow the West Coast, with its favorable climate and cheap, clean hydropower for indoor growing, to help supply the rest of the country, they argue. Now that already occurs through the illicit channel, noted Whitney, but if they had interstate commerce, then it would be more formalized. And then you would have balance. You'd have more demand to consume all that excess in the West. You wouldn't need to set up all this growing infrastructure in the East. Washington and Colorado were the first states to legalize marijuana in 2012. Many of the early regulations Washington adopted to keep the Justice Department at bay, including restricting the size of growing facilities and banning out-of-state investment, remain in place. It has helped some smaller growers thrive, but it could hamstring those hoping to compete in an interstate marketplace alongside larger, more efficient producers from Oregon or California who operate under fewer limits. In Oregon, where sales began in 2015, Large growers have achieved some economy of scale that could give them a leg up in a broader market. In the meantime, the state's oversupply is considered the nation's worst. In February, the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission reported marijuana businesses were sitting on, get this, 3 million pounds of unused cannabis, as well as 75,000 pounds of concentrates and extracts. Overregulation, overtaxing, limits on licensing, and bureaucracy are all factors consistent consider changing in order to help cannabis businesses be profitable. I'm Todd Dankin with Hyatt 9 News. Jason, you have a dispensary. What are your profits like? Are they hard to come by or are you thriving? Oh, it's, it's, I don't know of anyone really thriving, I would say. You know, there may be a few yeah. brands thriving, but as far as individual retail stores, no. And at the same time, retail is the highest uh, subject to 280E as far as uh, things yeah. that they can't write off. So it's very difficult to uh, remain profitable in a retail environment. Yeah. I hear the same thing that's happening in uh, Vegas. All the big guys are doing really well. And they're seeing in upwards of a thousand, you know, thousand customers a day Mm -hmm. and still tough to be profitable exactly 
Well, I mean, I, a lot of that too is because of 280E and and the inability to write off uh, write off expenses, and so yeah. um, I mean that, that that's just that that's just a majority of it. And yeah, so, it's just ridiculous. I mean, uh, when do you think the pot industry will be treated like an industry? When it actually grows up and actually puts significant dollars into government relations and actual lobbying for policies that actually make sense, as opposed to allowing all these MSOs to dictate all the policy that only hurts us and damages us. Right. So it's just more money in politics to make this right, is what you're saying? Yep. That's exactly what I'm Feed saying. Feed that capitalist beast. Yep. Feed the machine. And that's the only yeah. way you're going to be viewed by this capitalist corrupt machine as you know, uh, as acceptable fuel. Real trap shit. Mm -hmm. I, I half agree with that statement. Um, what really needs to happen in Washington are people need to get on the same page. Uh, yep. Social advocates are, are completely fighting um, every twist and turn of this industry. I mean, the folks that are still in this saying all or nothing are still getting nothing. Yep, exactly. And they're going to continue to get nothing. We, we always get nothing from our government. What do you mean? That's just how the government, that's like what government means. Like, because you don't know how to work the government. Exactly. Government doesn't get shit done. If they get, if they actually got shit done, we actually see real changes. But government actually does stuff every day, bro. Bro, they're not doing, they're not making real moves for industry to thrive in this country. If they were, they'd actually like forget about all the bullshit they're worried about and focus on making like the cannabis economy drive the industry in this in this nation for like whatever term right? why, why, like, why why would they do that when all the mso's are lobbying against that Simon? and they're the ones with the dollars that, that, are, that are paying for all this that's what i'm saying is like nobody's really thinking about it. this is this is a huge industrial revolution in this country that could be that could re-energize farming that could re-energize all this ag across the country you saw hemp hemp did the mm -hmm. same thing but it crashed because we fucked that up like that's that is the whole point. Well, that's you marijuana Mitch's fault. Like to listen to Jason Beck, who you hate so much. Labor unions. Actually, they don't. But whatever. Bullshit! You're an idiot. That you know who they like to listen you know to. They um, actually like to listen to businesses and trade organizations more than they like to listen to labor unions. The AFL-CIO that is steps from the Capitol. You think that's there by coincidence? Nope, I don't. Uh -huh. I don't think that's there by coincidence. I think that's there by the fact that they've been extorting their workers and being able to be able to pay for that real estate. You're in. Hey, Gretchen, you're, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you 100, percent uh, uh, Gretchen and. A unified voice would would come mm -hmm. into fruition and um, be able to make an argument about what is needed, what is wanted uh, from these communities. But unfortunately, there there are none, mm -hmm. and uh, that's why you well, have you're not going to. Yeah, and I'm just saying, uh, there's nothing wrong because people say, "Well, why do we all have to have the same voice?" Because you go out there, there's uh, the beer institute, there's the wholesaler, spirits and distributors, like. Alcohol, all sorts of folk. There's lots of associations for everybody and their cousin. So why shouldn't cannabis have that as well? However, these people are actually established and have an established industry. Saman, don't 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 shake your head. Listen to what I have to say first. Let's get onto the same page. Have an established industry, and then you can fight for the different little things that you want. But until we get the big sweeping terms that we need. It ain't happening. If we're hung up on the minutia right now, you're never going to get to the bigger picture. On the you minutia. Get the bigger picture I think the saddest part about all of this is everybody knew this from the, from the beginning, from the jump. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody knew Ooh. this shit. No, they didn't. Everybody. Of course if, they if did. If you rewind when, when, yeah. when California yeah, we measure did. M was passed, mm-hmm. we're out here in California. 64 uh, was, was, was being written into the books and all that stuff. Like, like Jason, like how many, how many meetings did just, that we did we have down here in LA that, that would just devolve into chaos. Uh, every Everybody single one of them. About. Every single one of them. Yeah, there like, wasn't one well, single mission when we're talking out here trying to yours. exactly trying to unify the industry and come to talk to one little thing. And we're just talking about operators in LA and and those people couldn't even get it get it together. So if you're talking about on a national level with the industry, that's not even in the cards in reality. Um, uh, and yeah. especially, especially as long as you have these, 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 these MSOs at the table, because we do not have, as far as smaller operators, we do not have the same goals, uh, um, that the uh, MSOs have and the I MSOs, hold I on. The MSOs want to hamper there down commerce at state lines that everyone can come together on. No, like there what? Like what? 280 E. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. I think everyone right. wouldn't mind that gone. I think everyone. Yeah. But you're not going to get that done without an excise tax in place of it. So that's not a reality. Why, why can we not come up with a tax because the plan CB- that is a reality, Jason Beck? Why is that so? Oh, difficult? I mean, I mean, we have one. We have one that Nancy Mason introduced. That I thought was a very, very reasonable tax rate. Okay, that's hey, fine. Hey, so we like Nancy hey, Mason's tax rate. We don't mm-hmm. like half the other shit in her bill. What we need to be I looking at bill. is what I know you do, and so do the other three uh, we gotta, sponsors we, uh, we that she get was this able line. to pull together. But nobody else we- likes it. The, the only people that don't like it are the MSOs because it's going to infringe on their market caps. Oh my God! There are ways. You guys are infringing on Saman's reading time. Let's Simone, get it. We are. It's Saman Razani coming up next. Yes, it's the man who reminds women over fifty how to say hello again. Hello again. Yes. Can't wait for you to teach me how to say hello again. You guys are so weird about this stuff. I think you're doing a great public service. You know. You know why, Saman? You can't smell. You get. You can't smell. You can't spell menopause without men. That's true. (laughs) That's so true, Rico. I'm going to leave that one right there. I'm going to leave that one right there. It (laughs) sounds like everybody needs to take a a deep breath, inhale some weed, and just relax a little bit. All right? I'm going to cruise on in. smoke. That's your problem. That's part of the problem right there, Gretchen. (laughs) That's the issue. Um, All right. So fantastic, fantastic uh, discourse on the Discord today. I love this. Okay, great. Um, we've established our industries headed in the toilet if Gretchen can't whip our government into shape for us. So everyone, donate to Panoptic Strategies. Yeah. Hit that like and subscribe button. Hi at Nine News to the movie. All right, Once here again, we go. My story. Your financial support. <laughs> My story out of Montgomery, Alabama. (laughs) Delays continue for medical cannabis in Alabama. It's a big surprise. On Monday, Montgomery City, uh, on Montgomery, uh, Montgomery County Circuit Court Judge James Anderson extended a temporary restraining order on licensing and delayed a hearing on the Open Meetings Act violation that was alleged by one of the companies denied a license. Somebody's crying boo-hoo. Attorneys for the Alabama Medical Cannabis Commission said the commission will vote to stay the licensing process at their meeting this Thursday. That uh, that would be on top of the court-ordered stay already in place. They'll then discuss how to move forward with awarding licenses for what would be the third time. Lawyers for the company Alabama Always say they're encouraged by a third round of awards done in the open. The way the 
the way the government in our country should work is that the people should be given notice on what the government is doing and an opportunity to participate and respond. That is, I'm hopeful that the process is heading in that direction, Somerville said. Alabama always built a facility in Montgomery and was twice denied an integrated facility license. The AMCC's score sheet shows them ranked 26 out of 38 applicants. The, their objective at the end of the day is to get a license. They spent a lot of money, Somerville said. <clears throat> Meanwhile, other companies have also joined the litigation. Verano, Alabama was awarded an integrated facility license the first time, but not the second time. The score sheet shows them ranked number one. In their complaint to the court, Verano said they should get a license. Their CEO also sent a letter to Governor Kay Ivey saying that they're ready, willing, and able to invest at least $40 million in Alabama. While companies battle in court, Shea Garrigan with the Alabama Cannabis Industry Association says patients are waiting. I think it's very sad because nobody was there representing the patients. They were, they were there just representing the people that did not receive a license. The only thing that people in pain right now want to know is when can I get a card, Garrigan said. Judge Anderson extended the temporary restraining order until September 6th. That's when he set the hearing uh, on the Open Meetings Act issue. And that's my story. And that just, you know, is, is more fuel for the fire of today's uh, discussion here. I mean, this is exactly what we were, we were just uh, discussing and what our you know fans are discussing in our chat. I mean, you know. What do you do here? You know, what do you do with all these states? This is, and this is what I mean by, we've already figured this out. This has already been established. Uh, it's just now a political game. And this is why, why we have BS like this, frankly. And people in Alabama, frankly, are, are in more need of cannabis uh, use and, and open kind of market there uh, because they have such, you know, they've had such a historical issue with like pharmaceutical drug abuse in, in those areas. So, I mean, personally, this is why I get, I, I just get so irritated by everything that's happening and by, by, you know, this, this non togetherness that we're talking about here. But at the same token, it's like, this is capitalism. What do we do? So how do well, you, how do you, how do you balance those things? Simon, and Burn it I would down. totally you agree do. with you 100%. One of the most frustrating things I find about our non-unity is everyone has forgotten about the patient. Everyone has forgotten about why this industry began and who we were trying to help and what we were trying to do and trying to prove that this plant is a medicine that can help folks. And patients have totally been left behind in every state. I don't care what you say. Uh, and if, uh, frankly, I believe if medical were more, more of the argument Moving forward on the national level, uh, this industry might pick up a little more steam instead of being focused so much on the bottom dollar and on recreational use. But that's the argument mm -hmm. from those, and that's what's going to get all of us mom and pop operators in trouble. Because if it does to an actual medical application, then we have a burden to pursue of of the expenditure of capital to get these facilities retrofitted to meet what the FDA, you know, says. Well, and Saman, and I'm not suggesting that you have to go to the complete level of GMP certification for some of these things. I think we should be looking at various alternative medicines. I mean, there are, I think things should be able to be treated as a supplement. I think as a nutraceutical. should be able to have, yes, absolutely, those different distinctions for people who would like to use it in its full spectrum form 
which a number of folks do, which clearly uh, the pharmaceutical industry cannot uh, handle the, the full spectrum of cannabis. I think there are absolutely ways for there to be two lanes uh, for this industry to move forward as a nutraceutical, as adult use, three lanes as pharmaceutical. I mean, but I think the medicine side has to be put forth, forward first. I mean, I agree. And, and, and hence why, you know, I developed all of these different nutraceutical types of products, because I feel like that is the future. But if we look like that's also a, a, a war of attrition there, too, because you're just waiting. And yeah, the, the- but Saman, do you know how the supplement world came to be in Washington? They showed up, they handed oh. Congress a whole handbook. This is how this should work. Guess what Congress put, did? We they don't they know, put Dick. Out a, they put go a big for it. Money yeah, it's kind of like a marketing campaign that they subscribe to and that these in these uh, these politicians fell for it. But they the fell way for that it. this That's industry has moved forward is becoming unified and actually putting forth shit. Because trust me, Congress does not know how to create a new pathway. They're not the guys to do it. Uh, everybody just kicking this can around the fuck it. It's not even kicking it down the street they're just kicking it into the alley they're kicking it behind a fucking house they don't know where the fuck to kick it they have no idea you talk about it when campaigning tell them which way they need to go oh that's Get what i do in shape ratchet whip them into shape yes. in, 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 i would in, in, love in, to see and maybe i will work on this because like i got nothing else better to do in my life is try and come up with an event an actual cannabis debate policy that i would event. love to invite all these jackasses to who won't even have one question about cannabis in these national debates oh so john really, will be there for sure hell yeah i'll give him a keg of wine and he'll be there i mean <laughs> i mean i mean really you just got you just got to buy him dinner at that restaurant on this where yeah the that, that, right that, that yeah the, the restaurant that's right across that's the street from ted's bulletin yeah exactly that italian place. restaurant yeah, yeah the, 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 pro- the mm-hmm. problem the problem is everybody showed up and does not know how to play capitalism and um when we tried to go the capitalist route you got to play capitalist games and um is that why they have a capitalist gains tax yeah man Simon, we, we just have to say man your hair looks very very healthy oh, and sorry. um you rat like bastard! You know what kind of product that you're? What kind of product you're using? Oh, uh, don't worry, because, don't worry. I got the I got the female strong. pattern baboon ass happening, so don't worry. Oh jeez! Oh god! <laughs> oh, it's time to wrap it up now. It's time to wrap it up now on that one. I love it, yeah. man. I love it. Ba- Thank you all for joining us uh, today for another episode of High Nine News. You can catch us live weekdays at nine a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to the super fan showing love, getting their comments live on the big screen, live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respective opinions to the table uh, to our production team cloud media partners house of fuego all the uh, spot other sponsors keeping our lights on av struggles to a minimum and of course the lovely jaja simone always holding us down on the other platforms and as always cannabis sativa l the reason why we show up to read these stories every single day thank you too it has been Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. The show is over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until hump day. My name is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for High Nine News. And uh, Saman Razani, the man with the uh, golden quaff. <laughs> Can you please bless us with, with a few man comments yeah, <laughs> for yeah. these ladies and gentlemen that here's are watching? A, here's just a general comment for all my people. Inhale the good shit exhale the bad shit guys and just stay level-headed stay calm and always look out for your neighbors look out for your people 
and we're all in this together. Respect. Peace.